Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 52. I got a great show today, but before I get started, I want to tell you about a little opportunity. Um, So as you know, I do run a business from the road, and it can be challenging at times. Not only is it hard to find internet signals, but when you're outside, you want to be relaxed and not tethered to your phone. So enter the Roadpreneur. The Roadpreneur is a community and a school that shows you how to maximize things like copywriting, content marketing, and systems so you can show up authentically in your business without always having to be on. And now through August 19th, the doors are open to the Roadpreneur School. You can learn how to blend a relaxed camping life with your business growth. So sign up with the link in my bio. And when you play in full, you'll get three months free inside the Road Premier community. It's a private membership, which I am also a part of, for RV travel and entrepreneurs, where you can get regular trainings, co-working opportunities, copywriting support, and more. So let's dive in now to this week's episode. My guest this week is Tracy Bartlett, who is an outdoor therapy and education expert. I invited Tracy on after I had kind of a scary experience while hiking, I was out on a solo hike and I lost trail. After a moment of panic, I did a couple of the right things. I sat down, I drank a few sips of water, took some deep breaths and tried to get my bearings. Um, after a couple of missteps, I did eventually find my way back to the trail but realized there were probably some safety precautions I did not follow. So Tracy comes on to share her best tips for keeping yourself safe while hiking. Hey, Tracy Bartlett. Hey, Kathy Belge. So my guest today is Tracy Bartlett, and Tracy is a retired outdoor education and wilderness therapy, what, instructor? Yeah. Um, she's been in that field for over 20 years, has a lot of experience, and I invited Tracy to come on to talk a bit about hiking safety. And I'm, I'm going to preclude this with a little story of my own, because recently I went on a hike and probably did all the wrong things. I just was driving down this, down the road, saw a trail said, Hey, I'm going to go on a little hike there. That looks nice. I pull off didn't have a map, didn't have a compass, um, and didn't even have a GPS or anything. I just started hiking. And I, at some point I lost the trail and, um, maybe the one thing I did okay was I didn't panic. I kind of stopped and took a deep breath and whatever, but it made me think about like, how many times have I just gone on a hike without thinking and that, uh, like this time, And um, maybe I better be more prepared. So I asked Tracy to come on to give us some top advice and tips for women who are going to head out and do some solo hiking, whether you're experienced or just getting started. So thanks, Tracy, for coming on. Oh, yeah, I'm delighted. Yeah. So 
Um, given my little story there, do you want to start with any of maybe you have some top tips to share with us about how um, to not get lost or maybe what, what, maybe what I should have done, what should I do before heading out on a hike? Well, one of the things I'd really recommend is, um, folks taking a, a map and compass class, you know, REI and different places have them and just the, the increase in your own feeling of confidence that you can look at the land and read a map and translate back and forth between the map and the land. And you could give coordinates if you needed to. And um, if that's exciting and you want to keep going with it, you can go get a GPS. Okay. But I think it's really worth doing the basics. Sometimes people get lost or they drop it and it breaks or it goes in war. So anyway, people have been really lost with their $300 GPS because they couldn't work a $10 compass. Mm, okay. So it's worth just having that basic information because then you'll just feel you're like, okay, I know how to, you're not going to be like, I don't know where I am. You'll be able to say, okay, I know I'm right in this area, the size of a quarter on this map. You yeah. Know? Okay. And it'll make it easier for you to um, also, if you're looking at a map, it makes it easier for, if you can translate in your brain, the, the little squiggly lines on the topo map to have a mm -hmm. feeling for the terrain, then yeah. you know, a little bit more what you're, what you're looking for. So it's helpful to say, okay, I'm going to go up this trail. And I'm going to look at the map and most of the way in, it's going to be pretty steep on the right. And it's going to be a little flat and then it drops off on the left. So you kind of paint a little mental picture. So if all of a sudden you're in the bottom of a canyon, you're like, oh, I, that's not where I'm supposed to be. Okay. So you'll catch it sooner. Like, wait a minute, this isn't the terrain I was expecting from looking at the map. Now, when you say map, are you talking about very specific area hiking maps or like, yeah, any, like topographic kind of, maps. So Okay. So can you give us a little more information about where some, like, where might I even find these kinds of maps? Let's just say, you know, I'm heading out to Colorado next month and I know I'm going to want to do some hiking. Right. Like where would I find maps of the places I want to hike? Well, there's a few different options for the, for the online option. There's places like all trails mm -hmm. and they have a, you know, for us annual fee, um, you can, they have a free version, which you can kind of look at online, but a lot of times you're not going to have Wi-Fi mm -hmm. on these. You're just like you did like, that looks nice. Let's go check that out. You yeah. Know? Um, and you want to be able to do that. Cause that's fun. I mean, yeah, that's part of the, the road magic, but you can, you can get the, the pro version that allows you to download a map. So if you're a person that just really uses your phone and you have a big enough faced phone that you could actually read a map on it, uh, then that's that's nice to have that it's downloaded and you don't have to be on Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, but I would also recommend, I mean, you're not gonna go get a 15 or seven and a half minute topo map for every hike you take, but those trail Trails Illustrated maps tend to cover a really large area. Like there's one map for the entirety of Joshua tree. Okay. You know, the West side is on one side and the kind of East and down the Southern end of the park is at the bottom. And so they often cover huge areas. So if you're like, I'm going to go up and be near glacier 
where mm -hmm. you were recently, you could probably get a whole west side of the park or, you know, that okay. would have all the little trails on it. And it's not super minutia, but it's enough to give you a feel for like, oh, that's really steep. Am I up for that? Mm -hmm. You know, or I could go up to that little peak. That's a good amount of time. That's a good hike for the amount of time that I have. And I want to be back before dark or whatever your, you know, parameters are. Okay. Great yeah. advice. And yeah, I like the other thing I would really recommend is pick a turnaround time and stick with it. Oh, okay. So you leave the, you leave the van, you're heading out and you're like, okay, I want to be back by, okay, it's one o'clock. I'm going to hike till three 30 and then I'm going to turn around, mm -hmm. but then do that turnaround. Lots of times folks go, oh, but I'm almost, mm, and then yeah. they keep going. And then on their way back, it's dark and they don't recognize anything anymore. And it's easier to get off trail. Okay. Um, so I just want to back up for a second because you mentioned the all trails app. So you would consider the pro version of that app as good as a paper map? Well, I'm old school, but that's, you know, emphasis yeah. on the old. So, okay. I mean, I want a paper map in my hands, but I know a lot of people are very comfortable. I just think, I don't know, that thing could just go and stop yeah. working. And okay. a paper map is never going to do that. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. That's so, great. But yeah. I know some people are really comfortable with that and they make sure that their phone's charged and they've got a big faced, almost like a mini uh, pad, you know, size. So okay. just something that you can take a look at, but you'd want to download it because you absolutely cannot count on having Wi-Fi. And the last thing you want to do is get out a few hours and then you're out of range and then you, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? So you'd have to do the pro version so you can download the map. Yeah. And it's not that expensive. And I can link to the, the all, um, all trails app in my Right. My show notes here today. So that might be easy. It might be less expensive if you're like really traveling around a lot and your phone has a long battery capacity and you're not going to hike for nine hours. Right. But you can also, those big Trails Illustrated maps are wonderful for just kind of getting the big picture. Okay. And that cool. also, like, if you do get turned around, then that gives you a sense of like, oh, you know what? Right up ahead, there's a little thing I could scramble on top of. There's a high point. So instead of going, okay, now I'm turned around. I have no idea what to do to figure out where I am. You could then look at the map and go, oh, you know what? Just like a quarter mile up, there's a, I see that there's a high point. I'll get up on top of that and look around. Mm. And then I, and then I can orient them. Oh, that's there. That's the, uh, okay. Now I know. That's a great advice. So what other tips do you have for somebody heading out to not get lost, to not lose the trail? Well, one, one thing that's super helpful and it's a good practice is as you're hiking out periodically, fairly frequently stop and turn around and look at what you're going to be seeing on your way back. Cause okay. it looks really different. And you think, oh, I'm going to remember this, that, and the other. And then on the way back, you're like, am I on the right trail? It looks totally different. Oh, okay. Cause one, it's a different time of day. The light is coming from a different angle. It's and it doesn't look the same coming back. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be some, you know, if you pass a waterfall, obviously you're going to be like, oh, I remember that. That's not going to be different. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of trees look the same. A lot of piles of rocks look the same. And they, it all kind of sort of blends in together. Okay. And so you're going to have more of a feeling of like, oh, okay, this is, 
I, I remember seeing this view. Mm -hmm. If you turn around and take a mental snapshot. And along with that, I would say, really cast, cast your eye for large features as search images. Like don't go, oh, I'm going to remember this tree mm -hmm. because that's not going to be visible unless you're standing next to that tree. Okay. Lift your gaze and go, okay, I'm looking out over, there's a peak off to the right. Oh, there's, oh, there's a clear cut over there. That's in the shape of an L. That's, I can see that from a distance. Oh, okay. Look for big search image images that you're, that you're going to see from a distance that are major landmarks. Okay. Up high and from far, not up close. Like, oh, there's a pile of rocks over here. Like, well, you can't see that from anywhere, but standing right on top of that pile of rocks. Okay. But if you see that pile of rocks and you remember it, you at least remember you're, okay, I'm in the right, I'm going the yeah. right way. So if you keep taking those mental snapshots, I mean, you know, ask me how I learned this stuff, wandering around in the dark because I didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> go, oh, <laughs> wow. It looks really different. I do. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so yeah, this was all learned the hard way. <laughs> okay. My preferred method. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. Hence why I have you on here right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else should we talk about as far as like being women solo? Most of us are solo women out right. there. That's who my audience is. And is there anything in particular that we as women should be extra concerned about? Well, um, there's, you know, critters, the two-legged and the four-legged. Right. The two-legged are much more dangerous <laughs> than, than the four-legged. Um, I don't know. A can of bear spray may not be a bad idea. Some kind of spray thing would work on bears and two-legged humans. Yes. You know, Absolutely. it's sort of like the odds of something happening are really low, but the odds of being able to do anything about it, if it, in the rare instance that something did happen, you want to have something you can do about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with bears, you just want to look big. If it's in bear country, I just make noise. I just go down the trail singing or, you know, they don't really want to deal with you, but the last thing you want to do is surprise them. Right. They're more interested in blueberries than you. But if you scare them and they've got a cub or a fresh kill, then that, you know, the horrible joke about that, right? No. Okay. So there's two hikers. They're going along. They come up over a rise. They see worst case scenario, grizzly sow, fresh kill and cubs. Oh, oh no. And the bear turns and points at them and starts to run. And one of the hikers sits down, starts putting their shoes on. The, takes the boots off, puts on running shoes. The other one goes, what are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. And the person says, oh, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, an old school backpacking joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but chances are we're out here hiking without somebody to outrun. So right. what should we do if we do encounter a grizzly or a black bear or any kind of bear? Any kind of bear. Yeah. If you're hiking anywhere that's potential bear country and anywhere up in the mountains is potential bear country, just make some noise. Okay. You know, I have a friend that she listens to podcasts when she hikes and she just leaves it on. So it sounds like a multiple person conversation or I've just walked along just singing or making noise hey bear 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 here I come bear and if if you see them uh then you know just back away and go back where you came from if they're out in front of you 
Yeah. And you just want to like look big, like maybe hold your jacket or, you know, they don't, they have terrible eyesight. Their sense oh. of smell is unbelievable. Okay. Like they can, they can smell, you know, miles away, but their vision's terrible. Got so it. if you, you know, hold up the sticks that you're, you're, you're walking sticks or you flare your jacket out, you just want to look bigger. And then they go, oh, big thing. Ugh. You know, yeah. they're not afraid of you because they know, but they're just like, ugh. <laughs> human skit yeah right okay yeah cool and All right. snakes you just need to be mindful that's the other big thing out there is you know i i don't recommend hiking with earbuds in because you won't hear the and again snakes don't want to deal with you either but you just want to be mindful as you walk down you, know, you want to hear that and and if you see something slither across the i mean there's a lot. Most snakes are not venomous, but some are, and they pack a wallop. Yes. Okay. So yeah. uh, if we're hiking and I'm thinking of rattlesnakes would be the one yeah. that I would think of to be the most prolifically dangerous in areas that I'm going to be in. Right. Um, will making noise keep them at bay as well? No, they can't hear. They don't have any ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they, they proceed through vibration. So they're hearing your footsteps. Okay. So, I mean, you don't have to tromp down the trail, but they already know you're coming. Okay. They, they feel the vibration. Their whole length of their body is their hearing system of like taking, taking in the world in, in that way. They, right. don't, they don't hear the way that we hear. They hear vibration. Okay. So, but oftentimes, you know, like sometimes when you're hiking with someone, at least out in the desert, the, the second person in line was more likely to get tagged because the first person would wake them up Oh, the second person's that's the second person's ankle would be in front of them when they woke up and were like, what's going on? Should uh, I <laughs> but right. most of the time they're, they're really polite. The, the buzz is like, Hey, I'm here. And if you just tip, I just tip my hat and say, thank you, ma'am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and go around. I appreciate that's really quite, uh, they're being quite neighborly <laughs> and they buzz you. That's not a, a threat. I mean, it's a threat, but it's a like, Hey, I'm over here. You know, it's not a, I'm about to strike. It's a like, Hey, heads up, pay attention. So Got if it. you, you know, just go, thanks for the heads up. Appreciate it. I'm going to go way around. Nice. Okay. And then they go back to sleep. They're big snoozers. Okay. Good tips. Good tips. What, <laughs> other, what other tips do you have for heading out on a solo hike? If you're going to call someone or text someone who's not there, a friend and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take off. I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere. I just want somebody to know where mm -hmm. I've been and where I started from. Uh, it's my intention to hike this far on this trail. Just if, if it ever came to, and it probably won't, but if it ever came to search and rescue, all the more information they have, the quicker they're going to find you. Got it. Okay. And so then you need to stick to that plan. If you were going to go up to the peak and back, then you don't go out and go, oh, there's that whole canyon over there. Maybe I'll go scramble down in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just those kind of little precautions. You can still have a good hike, but also know, wow, if I fell and broke my ankle, all I have to do is stay here and somebody's going to come looking for me. That's a great tip. I have a sh uh, app on my phone that allows me to share my location oh, with perfect. people. So um, I think that that's another way to do it, but I don't necessarily reach out and say, Hey, I'm going on this hike. 
Right. I, I do that when I go out. It's funny because I do that when I go out in my um, little kayak. I tell somebody right. yeah. but I haven't done it on a hike because to me, a hike didn't seem as scary or dangerous, but it can right. be. Anything can happen. So I've often heard people talk about the 10 essentials that you need to have when you yeah. are hiking. Are those things that you agree with? And if so, why don't you list them out? Okay. Well, so here's uh, the order that uh, I've seen them in most often. Uh, we've already talked about a navigation device. I'm a big believer in map and compass. I mean, the, the GPS thing, I'm, I'm not as good with the GPS as uh, even though they're more accurate, but they're fun to geek around with. I mean, you know, gizmos are fun. Yeah. So I'm not anti-GPS, but I know that search and rescue calls tripled after GPSs hit the market. Because people were relying on they them too much. They felt impervious. They're like, oh, mm. I've got a GPS. I'm just, and then they got out there and realized they didn't really know how to use it or they stepped on it or they didn't really know what they were doing with it. They just felt like I've got a GPS. I'm good. Okay. And so it was, it was really frustrating to the professionals who do that to put out all that effort and energy for someone who was like, yeah, I, just, I don't really know how this thing works. Uh. <laughs> Um, I, I always take, uh, a headlamp. Mm. Okay. They're small, they're lightweight. You can just toss it in the bottom of a day pack. Yep. Um, in case you're unintentionally out, uh, after dark and then protection befitting the season and weather where we might be rain protection. It might be sun protection, um, that you want to have something a bit above and beyond like it's probably not going to rain, but I've still got a rain jacket and pants tucked away in the bottom. Got it. That okay. Kind of or, uh, or sun protection, mm. big baggy shirt, sun hat. Um, and, I mean, at the very minimum for rain, just like one of those little cheapy ponchos, just have something that could keep you dry if you needed it. Got it. Um, a knife can often come in handy some of the little flip open knife that has a smooth, partially smooth blade and partially serrated. If you ever needed to, mm. um, you know, cut things open, uh, we'll get back to the first aid kit. Okay. Um, now they say fire, but I, there's so much fire danger. Now I would, I would amend this list to have, um, extra food mm -hmm. in the form of something you don't need to cook. Got it. So you just throw a few like high protein power bars. So the question to ask yourself is I'm going to take off on this hike. The odds are overwhelmingly that I'm going to be back at my van in four hours. Right. But if I had to under current conditions and what the weather, you know, know the weather report is another, mm -hmm. you know, don't count, don't go. I'm not going to take anything I need because they said it was going to be sunny, you know, but you want to know what the most likely odds are. So um, I would say take extra food and extra water above and beyond. If you're going to take a snack to have on the trail, then also take, you know, a, have a, just a, have a pack that you just throw in a little pouch that you throw in there. That's always got some high protein power bars in it or a thing of nuts or something. Gotcha. Okay. So the thing is, if I had to stay out overnight, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to be comfortable. I don't have to be well-fed, but I need enough water and enough food and enough coverage and enough warmth to make it overnight. 
Can I, can I interrupt and ask, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever had no. the, okay. Unplanned overnight. Yeah. I haven't had an, an unplanned overnight, Okay, but I have come across plenty of people who were just wandering out in the desert. Yeah. Okay. Had no idea where they were. And it was kind of like, wow, what, what was your plan here? <laughs> you know, it didn't, didn't have one. Mm. Everybody's backup plan is called search and rescue and they're getting really tired of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What, what else is on our essentials list? Okay. So extra food, extra water, extra clothes, and that's above and beyond what you would normally take. So if just think, even if it's warm, it's probably going to be cooler at night. Do I have enough to put on an extra layer, put on the rain jacket or the extra layer? And I would, I would take a, um, some sort of bivy, a, like one of those emergency blankets that they pack up this small and you can throw in your pack yeah. or a little bivy sack, like just enough that if you had to crawl into it with every article of clothing, you're not going to be comfortable, but you're going to be, but you can pull it off. Gotcha. But you okay. want it light enough that you're not carrying this 80 pound pack to go for a day hike, you know? Right. Yeah. So some of these, I mean, I've got a bivy sack that packs down like this. And you're probably, hopefully, never, ever going to need it. But it's kind of like your seatbelt. You can't suddenly put it on as you go into the skid. Right. <laughs> you know, and that way, if anything did happen, you'd like, well, okay, somebody's going to come looking for me. I'm going to stay right on the trail. Yeah. I busted my ankle. I can't walk back. It's miles away. I can't crawl. I'm in pain. You know, I'm just going to stay here. So what I would substitute for fire Mm -hmm. that's one of the things they say, take, okay. take a little stove with the ability to make fire, but I don't think we can afford that anymore. Mm -hmm. It would be to have something that you just use for hikes, like a flashlight with a beam, like a real, a beam that you could just stand up and you could, it could be seen from a distance. Okay. Cause that'll bring people like right to you. Yeah. Okay. More than a, a headlight, which is for looking up close, but sometimes mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be those cop flashlights that you could beat somebody to death with, but a, enough a one that you could just stick it in the ground with a beam straight up. Yeah. There's probably a lot of lightweight LED stuff that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Did you talk about water? Uh, no, except to say whatever, if you would take a liter, liter and a half for a day hike, take an extra liter above and beyond that. Okay. That same thing. If I had to make it through the night, what's mm -hmm. the kind of minimum amount of water that I need to not um, have problems exacerbated by dehydration or hunger or cold or, you know, yeah, you're going to stay out. Something's really wrong and you don't want anything else to make it worse. Yes. That's a really good point. All right. Was there anything else on that list? Uh, yeah, the all? first aid kit. I mean, people oh, can look okay. that up. You know, there's all kinds yeah. of little lists and stuff online. But I would add to the the usual first aid kit is is foot care, making oh. sure you've got some mole skin and that you know how to use it. And because oh man, having a blister can ruin your day. Yeah, Which I think we'll talk about footwear, making sure it's broken in. But that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, so that's, is that our so that's kind of the 10 essential list? Okay. Navigation device, headlamp, clothing protection, 
correlative with the environment and weather, a first aid kit, a knife, a fire, uh, not fire, but a, a high a beam, high, mm-hmm. very visible from a distance flashlight, some kind of emergency shelter, just a little bivy sack or one of those reflective emergency blanket things. Mm-hmm. Those pack down really small and are very light. And then extra food that doesn't need to be cooked, extra water and some extra clothes. Okay. Yeah. Just a sweatshirt or a little lightweight fleece jacket will get you through, you know. Right. Oh, what about the saying cotton kills? Are you, are you okay with cotton or you feel like we should be wearing other materials? I think other materials because I mean, I understand it's like a warm summer day and you want to wear a cotton t-shirt, but then just throw something in your pack if you need to ditch the cotton. Yeah. If you did have to stay out and get cold, it it will chill you. You want fabrics that will keep you warm, even if they're wet. Yep. And okay. cotton does not do that. If you had to sleep in a wet cotton t-shirt, that's a detriment. Yeah. But if you could okay. peel it off and put on a lightweight, you know, one of the, one of these fake hiking shirt fabrics. Yeah. Then that'd be a better thing to sleep in. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about our feet. I'm a big fan of uh, wool <laughs> socks, uh-huh. no, matter, no matter the temperature. Right, what, right. What else should we wear on our feet when we're hiking? Well, the biggest thing is shoes that fit. Mm. And they have to be kept that way. I got a brutal lesson one time. I had leather hiking boots that were all broken in, but I hadn't worn them in a while. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of had just tightened up. Okay. That's a, you know, they've just been sitting kind of drying out a little bit, which changes the shape of leather. Mm. And I didn't wear them because I'd already broken them in. I'd had these, you know, those are the comfy ones. Yeah. And I took them on a backpacking trip to Mexico and I limped out of the mountains. Oh gosh. Okay. <clears throat> miserable, miserable blisters. I mean, this was decades ago, but boy, is that memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you talked about carrying water. What about water purification systems? Are, should we have something like that on a day hike? Well, I don't think that's as necessary. That's more for backpacking if you're going to be out for days. Okay. And you don't always know that there's going to be a water supply just because there's a little blue line on the map doesn't mean there's actually water running in that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't count on that for a day hike. Yeah. Okay. You know. And you would get, if you're going to do a longer backpack, you know, like you can do 10 days up in the Sierras and not take any water at all. Right. Okay. But, uh, but that's not true everywhere. Yeah. All right. So let's say we've taken all the precautions and yet we find ourselves uh, maybe, you know, maybe we've gotten hurt or maybe we're just lost. Mm-hmm. What are, what should we do at, at that point? I'll t- I'll, here's an example of something. Fortunately, I was backpacking with someone, mm-hmm. but I just went off to like, oh, I'm going to go pee over there. And I went down and there was like a, like a little drop down. So I was like, oh, I'll just get in between these rocks. And so I peed and I, I pulled my, my pants up. And as I was coming up, I reached up to kind of pull myself up. And this really big rock was just pivoted was just balanced was on a balance point and from where I was looking at it I couldn't see that and so I was down in uh, like there was rocks up to about rib level and this rock just tipped and oh 
And I was like, oh my God, if I was out here alone, you couldn't and I, move. You I yelled for my off. friend who came over and easily rolled it off for me, but I couldn't get enough leverage from here. I literally had my back against something with that rock on my chest. And so it was really hard to get any leverage to move it. It wasn't crushing. It was just not going anywhere. Right. And the I went, oh, this is horrifying. This never occurred to me that this. Yeah. If I was by myself. I don't know what I would have done. I couldn't do anything. Well, it's always something you don't think of that, that part right. that happens and it happens usually in an instant. So what would you have done uh, had you been solo? I just probably would have tried to yell. Mm. I mean, really, that's all I could do at that point was kind of try and attract the attention of someone to come help me. I don't know. I can't see. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't saw your chest off. Mm. <laughs> but it was it was definitely uh, like, holy moly. I wasn't even off trail. I wasn't doing anything sketchy. I wasn't leaping from rock to rock solo. And it, yeah. there was nothing sketchy about it. I just went to pee. Right. Mistakes. Yeah. And there okay. I was. So you just, you don't know. You just never know. Okay. So but like you said, if, if something does that, like you make a, you twist your ankle and you're like, oh my God, I heard it pop. Like, oh, yeah. You know. Um, also I would throw some Ibu and if you, in the first aid kit, you'll have some, uh, ACE bandages for a, like a compression wrap if you mm -hmm. need that. And, um, if something did happen, you'd be really glad to know like, oh, well I called Sally and she knows if I don't get a hold of her by seven o'clock, that's the, the cutoff point. So I know I need to get bundled up, drink water. I'm going to stay right on the trail and uh, all I have to do is wait. So that's what you'd recommend doing, not trying. Yeah, to... and I would when I'm out going solo, I I I do less of the super remote hikes. Yeah. That no one else is going to be. I mean, you know, it's the trade-off. It's also really nice to hike in the places that hardly anybody else goes, but that carries a different risk factor than you know, the John Muir Trail that's a highway. Yeah. <laughs> of, of of hikers. <laughs> These are, this is some, this was a great conversation, great advice, great tips. Is there anything that you wanted to, that I didn't ask about that you think is important to bring up about hiking safety? No, I don't think so about, about safety. I also just want to say, I don't want this to sound so scary. It's more take care of business. So you can go out there and just really be engaged and open-hearted in the world. I don't want to be it's like, do this so you don't have to worry rather yeah. than you should go out there and be paranoid. Like everything's out to get you. It's like, oh. no, it's not. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But just being prepared and, yeah. uh, and taking some steps and then you can just relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for being delightful. I'm so glad to talk with you. Yeah. This was really, this is really helpful. I really want to thank my guest, Tracy, again, for coming on and sharing all that valuable information. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, take a class to learn how to use a map and a compass to get a best understanding of how to recognize where you are on a trail. Number two, when you're heading out on a hike, pick a turnaround time and stick to it. Number three, get the pro version of the All Trails app so you can download maps before you head out. And number four, 
when you're hiking, periodically stop, turn around, and look at the scene that's behind you so that when you're coming back, you'll be able to recognize landmarks. And also, look for big search images that you can recognize when you're hiking back. Number five, share where you plan to hike with a friend or a family member and let them know where you entered the trail, how long you intend to hike, and when they should expect to hear back from you. And number six, learn about the 10 essentials and always carry them when you head out on a hike. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.